Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of the Smashing Skull Sessions. My name is Pat and this week I'm going to bring you some incredible metalcore guys from Mainz in Germany. Um, this band is named Monosphere and they've released an absolutely huge concept album back last October or November, I think. The album is called The Puppeteer. I can't recommend it highly enough, guys. But again, we'll chat with one of the men of the team. It's Rodney. He's a drummer. Rodney, you're very welcome to the Smashing Spell Sessions. How are you? Hey, Pat. First off, like, I'm perfect today. Great. And Great. Uh, I was very looking forward to this um, yeah, session today. And thanks for the warm welcoming and the nice words on our record. Like, it's no a pleasure for all. me being here. Well, you, I suppose I actually reviewed your album back with the Veil of Sound maybe a few months ago. So you may have read that and you can see how much I <laughs> loved that album. It really was something that stood out for 2021. It really was. Um, I suppose before we get to the puppeteer, maybe we might just do a little, a bit of a background check with you, if you don't mind. Your first, this is your first full-length album, right? So you yes, have, and- you've been releasing singles, aren't since 2015? Yes, basically, we, we started Monosphere out of an older band, which was called Lost Without Direction, where we released an album and an EP, I think, in 2012 and 2013. Yeah. But then um, we decided to take a break and to do something else because we just felt like it would be a good thing to do new music under a new name. And this led to the fact that we just, did some singles and mm-hmm. we actually had a full EP re- recorded in 2015. But um, to be honest, we weren't happy with the outcome. Like okay. the recordings weren't done properly and we actually didn't want to put out something that doesn't have the standard we wanted to aim mm-hmm. for. And um, in the end, I think like uh, there's this one single, uh, Eyes Wide Open, which yeah. is like the oldest one. Um, that's from 2015, uh, Rodney. Yeah, I mean, that's seven years ago. It's a long time when you <laughs> consider where we are at the puppeteer, you know? Yes, definitely. But like this single was somehow also very important for us, I would say, because it has this atmospheric mm-hmm. post rock, post metal approach already. While we were mainly focused on like melodic hardcore, I would say, like that, that was actually when we started like the goal that we wanted to create something that is more into the hardcore genre while we did like deathcore before. But like how things turned out is that within the next years, I think it was in 2016 and 17 when we started writing newer songs, like um, the free ones that are still on Spotify, I think Engage, Awake and Retreat, we already got more into like the metalcore Mm -hmm. spheres back basically and um, that was also when we started like feeling the urge of doing something a little bit more technical yeah and i think it's it's audible especially in like awake which is a slightly techy and math core influenced single uh-huh. already so and while we started writing songs we actually only did singles and we didn't decide on writing an album on ep because we had some like it was like a on and off relationship with the band. Okay. So back in the days, uh, we had some, yeah, we had some issues with some band members and we had like 
a phase where we needed to find what we want to do with the music because yeah. we've been a little bit stuck in the whole metalcore thing and it kind of felt outdated to us as well. So there were no plans about doing an EP on album until mm -hmm. we started like working on the puppeteer, which was in, I think 2018. Yeah. So there, when I look back, it's not that much time because actually like the puppeteer, the songwriting started in 2018 and it's almost four years ago now. And it was like a long time going from like the writing to yeah. releasing the album. Yeah, it took some time, didn't it? I mean, as you said, even between 2015 and 2018, between Eyes Wide Open and a couple of tracks you released, I think I think you could tell even then where you were going, you know, what what uh, what what angle you were taking with your sound, you know. It, it as you said, it was very very technical, very crisp, very clean sounding. Mm -hmm. Is that something that just came naturally, or were you was that what you were trying to push? Well, I would say we always had like the vision of doing music that is both like atmospheric and yeah. uh, also energetic. Yeah. Like um, the, the initial plan when we started the band back in 2015 was like, we wanted to do something as devil sold his soul do. So something in between post hardcore and post metal yeah. and I think it, it just happened naturally. I think also every band says that it somehow happens naturally, yeah. but um, also with the whole musical background that we have, like we're all fans of progressive music and technical mm -hmm. music. I think it was just like, it was sensible that we got into like this whole prog metal thing back yeah, after yeah. trying to be more focused on atmosphere and especially on the puppeteer. I think we have both of it and it's, linked together so at least for the time period in that we've been at this time it's like the perfect um culmination of yeah. our influences yeah i mean your technical abilities are all over the puppeteer like i mean you know this album just fucking hits you like doesn't it i mean <laughs> you know the, the quality in in the the instrumentation from yourselves lads i mean it's you can tell you've been together since 2015. It wasn't a case of these guys are only two or three years together. But maybe this current band lineup, how long is that together? I mean, you're not obviously together since 2015. There was changes, wasn't there? Yes, yes. Like um, we recently lost one of our founding members because he decided to quit, um, okay. which was kind of foreseeable. So, but in the end, like it's like the good kind of split because we are all absolutely fine with each other, which is super important, Great. especially yeah. like the, the whole band chemistry has to be on point because otherwise, like, why should you waste a lot of money and time with people you don't like? It doesn't no. make any sense for me. No, no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we had a lot of member changes, especially within uh, like the guitar position and also the bass guitar position. Mm -hmm. And um, the current lineup, I think, is stable since 2020. Like it's kind of new still compared to like the whole um, so, history of the band. So a lot of the puppeteer was already written before some of the members joined, yeah? Yes. yes. Yeah, so I'm going to assume... Rodney, that you played a big part in writing. <laughs> to be, a lot to of be the honest, here. Yeah, to be yeah. honest, is like this I'm, yours? 
I, I'm basically the one who had this idea of let's write an album. And to be completely honest with you, when I wrote this album, I didn't knew it was for Monosphere because okay. at this stage, we weren't really a band because we've been through some lineup changes. Yeah. And when I first pitched what I've written so far, we basically lost two members because they Whoa. weren't able to play it from, from the skill side. Okay. And also they just realized that it's not that kind of music that they wanted to play. So okay. in the end, it was... Um, it could have gone worse and all of the members could have quit. But in the end, uh, our singer, Kevin, who with me was like the, the founding member number mm -hmm. two, um, he really liked it. And nice. our uh, guitarist, Max, who just decided to leave the band, uh, also enjoyed it back then. So yeah. we've, we've been three people and two people so the three people were on site with the record and two people were off site. So it was the conclusion to continue and just do it because that was something we realized, especially with the first EP we recorded, like we didn't yeah. do it properly and we just needed to go full in this project and actually make it happen. So have you lost a guitarist currently? Are you down a member? Yes, um, okay. it was um, basically we knew about it for some months already. Yeah. Um, but he just told us after the release that um, he's not going to be within the band the next year. But we have a solution already. Like we, we decided to actually stay for people for now. But we do have a guitarist who's going to perform with us uh, during, during the next sessions. month. Yes. Brilliant. Great stuff. Actually, speaking of live music, um, Rodney, the scene in Mainz, I'd be interested to see what it's like because <laughs> do my geography uh, earlier on today, Cork, where I live and where I'm from, would be similar enough in size to Mainz. Mm -hmm. And we have a pretty thriving metal scene at the moment, you know. The last mm -hmm. two or three years, it really grew. Then COVID came and nearly fucked everything up. But it seems to be getting back on track again. So what's what's the scene like where you are? It's it really depends where you're looking at. So yeah. um, speaking from a metal side in Mainz, we have a, a strong black metal scene mm -hmm. because we have some strong black metal bands that started, I think, more than twenty years ago and okay. somehow established like a new wave of like avant-garde black metal. And I'm speaking of bands like Nocto Obducta and Akrypnir, if okay. you ever heard of them. No. Um, but it's like, especially within black metal, like it works in minds. Okay. And is there, um, is there a turnout for the gigs for live music? Yeah, there, there actually is. And um, like, I'm a booker as well. Like one of my jobs is I'm... What don't you do, Rodney? Jesus. <laughs> I, I'm doing a lot, to be honest. Um, but I love doing a lot because it keeps me healthy in my yeah. mind, to be honest. And um, I'm actually like promoting metal shows in minds in a venue with a capacity of two 250 people in total. Oh, cool, yeah. So I'm the one who brings bands back to minds because we had a very prosperous scene mm -hmm. i think 10 years ago but it somehow got lost because the people who did it they grow older and they left the city they started families like yeah. the, the typical kind of deal that also kills a lot of bands it does yeah yeah 
But apart from this... Life gets in the way, doesn't it? Normal life. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) Unfortunately, yeah. I'm a little bit afraid that it will happen to me, but I'm sure I will stick trust, to trust at me, least... Trust me, trust me, it will. <laughs> I will stick to at least some projects. Um, but the good thing is, like, we are in the Wine Mine um, metropolitan uh, area, yeah. and, like, there's Wiesbaden, which is literally just five minutes by feet across the river. Okay. Um, and there's, like, a big venue that brings almost every band in the region and also we are super close to frankfurt which is only 30 minutes by car so if you want to see a tour like the chances are pretty high that they are coming in in frankfurtshire yeah half an hour away i mean that's the same with us well we have to go from cork to dublin where a lot of the gigs happen in dublin as opposed Mm -hmm. to cork you know but again that's a it's a two or three hour drive so i mean 30 minutes of frankfurt is there's no (laughs) there's no excuses Right. Is there, there's no excuse to turn up for a live not, show. Not really. Sometimes no. it's a little bit uh, tricky because like the, um, I, I still think like the whole infrastructure in Germany is very good. But it sometimes it's a little bit annoying if you see that some like, like some trams don't drive all of the night, okay, especially yeah, yeah. when it's not the weekend. Sometimes it's a little bit tricky, but also like even to Cologne, it's only two hours. So there's really no excuse to not do it. And especially people from the USA, they will mm-hmm. probably think like, like Germans are too lazy to drive one hour to show. <laughs> and I, I think they would say it's unfair. Yeah. And, it's, and, and we're the polar opposite here. Like, I mean, in Ireland, like to go from Cork to Dublin, which is maybe 160 kilometers, like it's a three hour drive, you know, or it's an <laughs> overnight stay. That's what we have to do to see live music. So we're sort of jealous <laughs> of you, you Germans, that you only have you have this incredible train system mm. and this trans public transport network you have is amazing. Like so, as we said, no excuses for anybody. <laughs> that's that's probably yeah. true. Yes. Tell me, um, can I before we get as I said before we get to the puppeteer influences? We'll say since 2015, Rodney, outside of your own music and your own band, who did you look up to and who did you listen to a lot of and who do you think? you hear in your own music? I would say back in the days and, and still um, what I already mentioned, definitely Devil Soul to Soul, mm-hmm. just because they have something that I always wanted to consume and use for my okay. very own music. Um, but apart from this, um, definitely Between the Buried and Me, they've oh, yeah. been like my favorite band for, I think, more than 12 years now and okay. um i i listened so much of their music i actually wrote my bachelor's thesis about them wow. and analyzed their concept albums so it, it was uninvitable to actually yeah somehow see their mm-hmm. influence in our very own music and apart from those two bands, definitely bands like Cult of Luna and The Ocean. And um, something that I also realized in our music is like an influence from classical music and especially neoclassical music because that's something I listened to a lot back in, I think, 2016 and 2015. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because I spoke to um, Clement from Bruy. And I spoke to Mark Owen from We Lost the Sea, you know, and both mentioned neoclassical music. I mean, it has 
played a big part in so many bands that you you never you never suspect it. You never think about it. Obviously, with Brewery, yes, they're they're very very <laughs> neoclassical at times. But people's tastes going back, you know, you think metal is metal, and they listen to everything that's fucking heavy, heavy, heavy. But no, it's not the case, you know. Mm. And I think it shows in in the puppeteer, which we will get to after. I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to jump ahead here because it's such a great album, and we've so much to talk about with that. But yeah, so. All these bands you mentioned, have you seen them live? Cult of Luna, Between the Buried and Me? I haven't seen Cult of Luna yet because of the pandemic. Like, I think they were supposed to play in Wiesbaden in February. And I was a little bit sad and angry that it just got canceled. But Mm. that's just how things are these days. Um, I saw Between the Buried and Me probably eight or nine times. Like, I, I can't even tell you how... Often I saw some bands, but they were one of the bands I took the most chances. And um, The Ocean, I recently saw them live in October at Soul Crusher Festival in Nijmegen in the Netherlands, which was great. And uh, Devil Soul to Soul also, but I just saw them one time at Europlast, I think back in 2015. So it's yeah. a long time since then because they've been inactive as well. So most of the bands are yeah. already off the list, but I, I, I'm still happy that there are some bands that I didn't see because it's something that still gets me amazed. There's something, the there's something to time. aim for, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like, I mean, the whole, I don't want to bring a sour note because the pandemic was a fucking disaster for live music like but had you a lot of sk- scheduled gigs that were cancelled I mean were you at a stage where you were trying to promote the puppeteer or even you know was are we, are we talking the year before that even to be honest we actually decided to fully focus on producing the album mm-hmm. when we started like I think in 2021 like we began recording in February. So we yeah. were we were sure that there will no gigs be happening. And I think even there were some happening, we decided to not do anything about it because it would be frustrating. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm a promoter mm-hmm. and like I've been like I'm freelancing. So I made no money, but I actually moved like 20 shows over and over again. So it, I was very frustrated at this yeah, moment as well. Yeah. So I so also decided to not do anything in okay. regards of booking. Um, and the only thing that we actually had to cancel was like the release party we planned for like 26th of November in 2021. And we had to postpone it on the short notice because our singer got ill one day okay. early. And we didn't know if it's uh, if it's COVID, and yeah. um, we we needed to get a test to be sure, and we wouldn't have gotten it in time. So we actually decided, okay, we can't play this show because the risk is too high, and we can't just mm-hmm. make it. Mm-hmm. And in the end, he was negative. But to be honest, it was it's a story a... with so many bands the last two yes. years. You just you can't risk it. You know, it, it's you'd be tempted, but you yeah. but you can't. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, but, but look, hopefully. Um, exactly. What yeah. we're going to do, uh, Rodney, before we actually tackle the puppeteer, we're going to play a track from it. If you don't mind, we're going to play the marionette. Now, I could have picked any track. I love the album from start to finish. But here is the marionette for all those who haven't heard 
the puppeteer yet, guys. See what you think. There you go, guys. That's the marionette from the puppeteer uh, from the mighty monosphere. Guys, I can't recommend this album enough. So, yeah, just go to fucking Bandcamp that and get listening. So, Rodney, here's our chance. Here's our opportunity to tackle that, <laughs> that album, the puppeteer. There is classical and neoclassical influences, as we touched on before. And you've already said 
that it's something that you're interested in. Are the other band members the same? Have you all the same taste or does everybody bring something unique and different to the table? I would say like when it comes to classical and neoclassical music in general, I'm mm -hmm. like I, I'm probably the only one who's really into it. Yeah. I know from Marlon or bass player that he's open-minded for okay. classical music, but I know that like the other members don't actually consume classical music in terms of regularly listening to it and Apart from this, I'm like I love going to the um, yeah to the theater and see an orchestra playing yeah. because to be honest, like it's something different from a band and it it captivates me all of the day. Like it's like so goosebumpy, even if I don't enjoy the music because it's like I, there are some composers that I don't really like yeah. the, the momentum and like the whole vibe that an orchestra is able to do just gets me every time so that's something i really enjoy and always enjoy it yeah. but i think it's it, it you have to force yourself to go to this situation to, to just accept. experience it exactly yes, yeah yes yeah. yeah i mean like like you have such an open mind when it comes to music Rodney. like i mean is there anything you won't listen to out of curiosity is there any style of music that you would say Fuck no, not for me. Well, um, speaking of music that I really don't want to listen to, I like I despise any music that is like having a back background. Like we have a lot of Nazi shit in Germany yeah. and like a lot of right wing stuff, which is just horrible. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to do with music per no, se. No. So um, but that's that's something that's that I always mention i i would say I, i'm not a big fan of german schlager which is like one of the most popular music in germany but like i don't like it when it's always just about drinking and having sex and okay you know you know what i mean like the yeah, typical yeah, yeah. pop music and something like i'm not the biggest fan of hip-hop especially german rap music is totally not my cup of tea yeah but i'm still open-minded for it and i i still find things about it that are good like I get you. even I get you. even if there's music i don't like it doesn't mean that all of this music is not for me but mm -hmm. maybe just one artist might be able to get me rethink what i yeah. just experienced yeah. so and i think it's important to have this open-mindedness because it is otherwise... like i mean you have to you have to test the waters don't you and and sort yeah. of think outside the box obviously you, you say to yourself fuck a rap not for me like but you find yourself driving someday and this track comes on and you go fuck it there's something in this you know so yeah you do you do need an open-mindedness for sure like with that idea your music like it's, it's so experimental as, you know, that was my first take on it. And like these huge, big, rich soundscapes like that just wash over the tracks, you know, mm -hmm. like that writing process. How does it come together? I mean, is it, I mentioned before to, to Clement as well, like, do you do a jamming session? Do you sit together and, and just trash stuff out? Or is it more methodical? Is there more time taken to um, analyze your music? Well, in, in the very end, like, it feels like I can't really remember how the whole album mm -hmm. came together because it's been four years already, like at least three and a half, but it feels yeah. like forever. But I still remember like 
writing some parts of it. And apart from those parts, it actually felt like a rush. Like I was starting the songwriting all with this guitar to be like this one. Actually, you, you can see it right now, but you can hear I can it. I see it's it, but like... I can't touch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, basically, it all started with writing on this guitar and like just putting it everything together and then just seeing where it takes me. Mm -hmm. And in the very end, it was very fast. Like the process was super easy. And I had this vision of creating like this album with like two parts. And also like, even if the story plot that is now like, um, experienceable through the lyrics and the music videos was not from my mind. Yeah. I had my own vision of how this music translates into a story. And I really like it when music is like dramatic and also has this strong musical narrative. So I mm -hmm. wanted to actually make sure it tells a story without having a moment of boredom because yeah. I experienced yeah. myself listening to music and sometimes there's like a gap which just feels like like a little bit boring yeah there's just, a, there, there can always be a dip in an album counter there's a moment where you, you you just lose concentration for a moment yes and i just not, wanted not the case to, with the puppeteer yeah <laughs> and that's what was actually my goal so i'm pretty happy it turned out and um i think it's also like as I wrote it in some kind of rush, it also feels a little bit rushed now for myself because I think, oh my God, there's so much going on. Like there's this part <laughs> and then there's that part. And like, it, it doesn't stop. There's like one pause, like that was yeah. planned as a pause. And it was, it basically is the middle of the album where um, no strings attached. Yeah like is playing and then I am to blame starts. So that was just like this small moment of silence that I just wanted. And even there's a little synthesizer in the background. So it feels full. And um, I do <laughs> a lot of orchestration when I write music because yeah. I, I love orchestra, as I just mentioned it. Mm -hmm. And we actually used a lot of synthesizers instead of like orchestra instruments and I think this leads to this big soundscapes does, and also yeah. our producer like Phil who mixed the album also has a background within soundscape and sound design. So he actually made it sound that huge in the very end. Yeah. It does fill the void, doesn't it? There's, there's not a moment where you're not encapsulated in the sound, you know, it's, it's constant. Like it's beautiful. Like, as you said, synthesizers constantly waving over the music. It's, it's an amazing album, really is, Rodney, like, and another part of this album and there's the visual aesthetics, mm -hmm. you know, the artwork, it's fantastic, like, isn't it? It really complements the music. Very futuristic, very out there. Again, was that all in your head already? Had you this picture in your head? Not really, to be honest. No? We, we actually, we, we had no idea of how we are going to, like create a corporate identity when we had the album like mm -hmm. at least recorded and it needed like a, a date where we actually 
stuck our minds together and see what's possible. And I, I still remember, I think it's not that long ago. I think it was in May or something, 2021, when uh, our singer Kevin, who did all of the videos and also the artwork and all, all of the design thing is wow. like I didn't know out that of his actually, feather. Wow. Yeah, we, we basically did everything ourselves except for the mixing and mastering. So everything else is totally DIY. That's incredible. And I, I also think it's incredible what it Kevin look- did with with the videos because <sighs> it's it's just like I, I remember him like his summer was rendering videos out of Blender, <laughs> which is the program he used like creating this music videos and we just found this puppet thing with yeah. this cables and the spikes and we were like just just let's do this this yeah. this works perfectly as like a figure that is not recognizable and doesn't stick to any gender or any any anything it was just like a puppet which mm-hmm. actually works pretty well when you're calling the album the puppeteer so <laughs> In the These things just ends. happen sometimes, don't they? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> just falls, it just falls on your lap. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And yeah, it, it came together. And uh, Kevin already had like this idea of doing like free videos, and we decided on the right order, which was also how we actually choose the singles for the album. We didn't plan those things before, but we just okay. wanted it to to complementate this story narrative. And yeah. also make the story somehow like, yeah, like, like that you can grasp for the story and get it with only having free videos. Because mm-hmm. from my perspective, I would have loved to have like a whole video thing for all of the album. But <laughs> I think Kevin would not have enough time. No, no. Kevin needs this. to give up his day job to do that, does he? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Exactly, so. yeah. And Tell even me- then it would be a little bit complicated with all the rendering going on. Yeah, yeah. That, there's, there's, there's a lot of work in that. Even Richie from the Metal Cell does the editing here for this. So, <laughs> you know, he, he, can, he can understand what poor Kevin would have to go through. <laughs> so tell me, the, the releasing of tracks, you know, you've released, was, was it whew, four tracks before the album was officially released? And mm-hmm. I think he actually did premiere one on Veda Sound as well, as yes. I can recall. It seems to be the way forward, is it? Bands seem to be doing that a lot. Releasing mm-hmm. track by track, you know, building momentum before the release of the album. Is that intentional? Is, do you think it's a good thing? I think it really depends. Or do you uh, feel, actually, do you feel you need to do it? I, I had the feeling that uh, with the Puppeteer, where we had 15 tracks, which is mm. a lot, yeah. we, we could have probably even made five or six singles out of it but we actually decided to stick to like four strong songs that work as a single and that was really a problem for us figuring out which songs we could take because like the whole album is one piece one kind of one story yes so it's hard to actually take the things out of the context and make them work so in the end we just decided from the uh, music video point of view where it makes sense 
and mm-hmm. where we don't have like eight minutes to fill with the animation. So in the end, it was also based on this somehow. But also we wanted to have enough stuff on the album that is still to be checked out by people. Yeah. So I, I'm no fan of bands releasing four tracks and then there's an EP with five tracks where actually it's just five singles that yeah. were stuck yeah. together to, to, to serve Spotify. In the very end, a lot of the music industry is centered around Spotify. Mm. A lot of labels are actually like, they are actually aiming to be as pleasant as possible for Spotify. And to be honest, we, we were sure before the album came out that our main target group is not on Spotify. Mm. They, they are on Spotify for listening to music, but the people that really might enjoy our music and like uh, appreciate the concept album and listen to it from start to finish are also the people that buy vinyl records. Yeah, Those are people that still pay 10 euros or $10 for a download on Bandcamp. Yeah. And speaking of Bandcamp, if I just compare what we've earned so far on Spotify. Gee, to, you know something, please, please do, Rodney. Yeah, because I think a lot of people need to understand this, you know, and why people push for Bandcamp and push for Bandcamp Fridays, which is a great initiative as well from Bandcamp. Like, yeah. you know, so show it away. Give us, give us some stats. Definitely. And so the last, um, I think the last um, Spotify revenue share we got which was also the first we ever got but because you have to actually earn ten dollars because before you're able to transfer some money in most of the cases because it wouldn't make sense beforehand so so far and like there's one i think three months are missing Mm -hmm. but so far we earned 23 euros through spotify while we paid at least 20 euros annually to be on Spotify, which is the fun fact about it. And um, speaking of Bandcamp, where we had some sales, but it's not like we sold a lot of stuff already, but all already on Bandcamp, we we are like in a state where we already crossed like 1000 euros only in two months. Mm -hmm. So the comparison is very, very critical. Right, you see that, that's that horrible, that, then, Rodney, isn't it? Definitely. Spotify's figures, like I mean, what they're doing to the music. Whatever about the big guns, who gives a shit? Like, but the underground guys, you know, the fellas who are trying to basically sell their music for the love of music and nothing else. Yeah, it's it's just so wrong, like you know. It, it's definitely it's it's very hard. And like you have to motivate yourself, especially when, when looking at numbers on Spotify and see they decrease sometimes, sometimes they go up, sometimes they mm. go down. But in the very end, like we, we have like a continuous support on Bandcamp. Like mm. I think each week is something being sold, a, a vinyl record or a CD, even CDs. I never thought... <laughs> yes, yes, pink yes. t-shirts. Like it's the best merch we ever made. It's like class. It, it really is. Yeah. It sells way better than everything we did before. So I was very happy that we did it. But pink also, is the new black, is it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and um, yeah, a lot of people buy CDs. I haven't mm. thought about it before because I thought like vinyl is the real deal, but there are still people that buy CDs, which feels great as well. So mm. because I wanted to have both 
to just be able to give like the physical product to people. I'm who the want same it. as you can see that like, I have both. Like, I have CDs and vinyl. It's just to have a yeah. physical copy of something, a hard copy. I mean, I remember back in the days before streaming ever came around, like you were at home, you'd, you'd buy a record, you'd fucking run home, throw <laughs> it on, you know, and open up the inlay card or open up the lyrics. And, you know, it was almost like a rite of passage. And today's music is just, don't like it, skip, don't like it. And nothing is given time, you know, especially the likes mm -hmm. of the Spotify and the streaming services. Music isn't given a chance to breathe. Definitely. And then, and then you've got the algorithms, which push, push, push you to a certain band or a certain style of music, which isn't good either. Yeah, yeah. I still remember like buying records and listening to it until I liked it because I paid like 15 yeah. euros <laughs> yeah, for it. Exactly, and I was exactly. a poor child that don't, like I didn't have the money to not like it then. Yeah. So I really feel this. And I think that's something, I think like the, the, ex um, the tension span of people has become so low. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're so fast with being distracted by anything and yeah. looking at like social media, like TikTok, like everything is going to be shorter and shorter and you don't have the time span no. for actually listen to a song that is longer than two and a half minutes these yeah. days. So yeah. Yeah. that that's something that I think is very, very sad. And speaking of algorithms, I, I'm happy when people find music about like over these algorithms But to be honest, like I, I sometimes miss the guy in a record store that recommends me something because he spotted my Metallica shirt yeah. and he's like, oh, you could like this you band. You would like this album, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the artwork or whatever it is will attract you to it is mad, yeah, isn't it? But yeah. again, Spotify doesn't have any of that. I suppose you are on Spotify, obviously, and some bands have decided not to use Spotify. Just, just fuck all be made from it, like, so... Do you do it in the hope that you gain some support, some fans from it? And, and these guys will turn up to see you live. Is that the, the, the reasoning behind it? I think nowadays it's just like logical. Like I'm still as much as I criticize, like mm. as I'm a critic of Spotify, like I'm still using it because it's very easy to use. Yeah. And yeah. you're very flexible with it. And in the end, it's totally worth the money I pay for it because I also still buy records. I still buy vinyls. I just like bought two vinyls today because I wanted to have them. Mm -hmm. So I think as an additional service, it's absolutely fine. But like yeah. for the band, like we it's, actually, it's secondary to you, like isn't it? It's, it's, it's not your yeah. primary source of music, like yeah. It's not. And also for, for the band, it's nice if we find fans over Spotify and mm -hmm. it's nice if people are like able to listen to our music and to, to have it somewhere. But in the end, I think most of our real fans, like, and I'm not speaking of people that say, oh, I like, like the marionette because the track has a nice atmosphere. I'm speaking yeah. of people that say this album is very good and I want to listen to it front to back and like those people appreciate our music and Spotify is not made for albums even if Adele no. finally no. reached that there's like not this shuffle mode yeah. within yeah. albums anymore but in the very end like that's a vinyl record player that's the real deal and 
I don't care who listens to music on which device. In the end, it's all about attention. And I'm thankful for everyone that takes the time because it's something that really means a lot to us. Uh, that's fair enough too. Yeah, I understand that. Like, I suppose the next question is the book you wrote, like the puppeteer, like is a story, there's, there's a narrative to it. There's, there's so much to it actually. You know, I mean, this, this album isn't one you listen to once And I found myself when I got it, like I had to come back to it five or six times and really sit from start to finish and just immerse myself in it. And it makes such a difference. So you releasing this book gives the story basically behind the puppeteer. Am I right? Or is there more it's, to this book? Is, is it, does it cover the writing process or is it literally the story? It's basically both of it. So um, the book starts like uh, I, I started thinking about doing this even before we started recording the album yeah. because I just wanted to do something more than just putting out an album because I thought like thinking that the music is enough to gain attention would be a little bit selfish because in the end it's all about promotion. And I was thinking about what's the best way to say and communicate that we have like a decent concept album. Yeah. And I came to the conclusion, it's like talking about it as being a concept album. And with the background that I wrote my bachelor's thesis about concept albums, I thought like, why not just do a book on it and like do like the first person view of writing an album in this specific genre mm -hmm. with this concept in the background. So the book basically consists of me talking about like the thoughts behind it, but also like it somehow illuminates the specific ideas I wanted yeah. to like, yeah show within a record like the repetitive patterns but also motivics and chematics that are reoccurring all over the record and um there's even like a small i think five to eight pages i'm not sure about like how long it really is but uh, a basis part where i'm just talking about concept albums in history and about the definition of uh, progressive metal Yeah. And what, what's behind it? Because you just have to get this foundation for people that maybe aren't into this music, but mm. might enjoy the album or exactly, something else. Exactly, they might get something from it. And basically the whole book just shows like how the album can be seen as a concept album yeah. and which details hint on which like hidden message, something like this. While there's also an explanation of what the videos show and also what kevin's thoughts were with the whole concept like the story plot is also in there as well as the lyrics so yeah Brilliant. i think it's it's just like a good thing to have if you want to dive in deeper and yeah. that was the basically basically the idea yeah it's something i probably i probably will pick up because I'm waiting patiently for the vinyl to arrive so <laughs> it's probably a nice addition to it you know to have this book as well because As I said, it's a it's a story and it's a narrative, and I think people need to give this this album time because I mean, it'll pay it'll pay back fucking ten times over, you know. <laughs> I know you're sick of hearing me promoting and and picking you up, but it, there's a reason for it is because it is such an amazing album. So I I noticed on your um, 
I don't know, is it your Instagram page or your Facebook page that you're already writing for album number two? Yes, yes. And um, like as much as, as you think I'm bored of like hearing you praise the album, like it, it feels, <laughs> it, it just feels good, good to, to be honest. Good. Yeah, definitely. Like we, we had so much struggles with, with being confident and also mm. like releasing this album because you're always struggling. Like I was the one who was super unsure in the week before we released it because I felt like, what, what if no one's going to like this album? What if it's just like my mind that says this is a good idea to do? So mm -hmm. in the very end, I'm very happy about good, the outcome good. and like the reception so far has been overwhelming to be Brilliant. honest that's great to hear that's great and justified I, I, yeah <laughs> yeah definitely thank you but like i i thought like maybe we are getting a six out of ten as the best review because people think like no they just try to do anything but they totally lost their influences and like there's yeah. no red straw but mm -hmm. in the end, it was pretty okay, I would say. So what's your average score in, in reviews? Are you up around the age? Well, we, we had, I think the first reviews were very high. Mm. And then we got the first 7.5, which I think that the lowest we got is a 7. Oh, well, so well, well, well. I, I'm happy with this because uh, in the end, like... I think the average is some somewhere in between eight and eight point five. I mean, so like that, that's impressive stuff, Rodney. Like, I mean, you know, a first album like to be getting that yeah. much, um, getting scores that high, it, it's it's huge. Like, but that second album, let's not get carried away here. <laughs> I, I want to get something yes. out of you. We we grab an <laughs> exclusive <laughs> off you here. <laughs> where yeah, where are like, you at with it? How far into the writing process are you? When we released the puppeteer, like the writing process was, I would say at zero, but then I think, I think two days later, to be honest, I just had this urge mm. in myself to, to start writing because I was somehow on a high, yeah. like mentally, because I thought like, oh my God, people are really enjoying this album. So I, I found myself we we strengthened within my creative vision and I started writing. Brilliant. And my plan was to actually finish the album number two as soon as possible. Okay. And we already had three songs, like one or uh, no, two written by Marlon or bass player, and one written by myself. But I was totally not happy with this one song and I wasn't sure if it even fits yeah. like our sound because it sounds a little bit different. It's it, it still has like this kind of monosphere vibe, but it's also where we centered around black metal, which which I personally enjoy, but I mm. wasn't sure if the people like if the other people in the band are on board with this. Okay. When I started writing the new material like it just happened in another rush to be honest I've, i still remember the time in december i think i'm i had one weekend where i just focused on songwriting and i came out with 30 minutes of material wow. which was just there and i i can't tell <laughs> how it happened to be honest but it it just felt like this is the right thing to do and to be honest we have 55 minutes of material written, which is going to be recorded until May. Wow, so that's, that's, some, that's a lot. 
Album 2 is definitely underway. Album 2 is going to be more extreme. Okay. And like also like with length, it's it's way longer. We we decided and we somehow wanted to get the music to breathe more yeah. if you know what yeah, i mean I do, I because yeah, like, yeah like the puppeteer is like it's over and over like with all of the whiffs and something new is happening and we just wanted to take this but also expand it a little more so we have the opportunity to get even denser atmospheres and yeah. like ambiences that are really crawling you and i think so far, it's it's basically, it's very audible that it's us. And especially because also um, Marlon, or bass player, wrote two songs. It has something new to it as well, because cool. he has his own musical language. And it, it's probably, I, it's hard to say. I think every band says, like, the new stuff is the best they yeah, made. That's always um, the way, but... I, th- I think all that matters like is um, that you're excited by it. it. It's exciting you like, is it? And it's exciting Absolutely. the band. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it, it's just like, it has some of the softest and calmest parts we ever made. Like it, it's really, it's branching from post-rock to absolute madness of black metal. That's so I can't it, wait to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. And like we, we were super, we are super stoked on it and we just want to get it done as soon as possible because we also think like a lot of bands fail, like continuing what they do. And I had the feeling that if we're not doing the next album now, mm. we will lose time and in the end, someone just decides to leave the city or anything happens and you never know. So we, we just needed to get it done. And hopefully if everything goes well, like it will be fully done until July. So we can start pitching it to labels and maybe see where or yeah, where, where we can fit in. So because we have like this situation with the puppeteer that it's been critically received on a yeah. very high level. Yeah. And we just want to make the next record even better and see what's possible with it and to see how we can basically put everything on the next level and get some hype back to the puppeteer. Because exactly. I still think yeah. that that's like the way I want people to maybe find us in three years, but they can look back and see, oh, there's this like big project of an album with a book around it and everything. So it, it's a very metal thing, I think, isn't it? That you find an album, <laughs> yeah. whatever age you are, whatever generation you're in. And you just go through the back catalog. It's just one of those things. You just buy everything in reverse, you know? So as, yeah. as you said, if this album really does work out for you and hits the spot, they'll go back to the puppeteer and, and check it out. You know? Definitely. Yeah. And I'm I'm very sure everyone who loved the puppeteer will absolutely consume what we've been writing. Brilliant. So um at least I, I'm super hyped. Like I have a very shady pre-production of it and I'm listening to it every day. And I'm just like, I want to play <laughs> this. <laughs> Do you want to send it on to me and I'll give you my honest opinion? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will send you something when send it's me, like send me a sample somehow, at least. Yeah, yeah. Somehow produced and not not as Perfect. bad sounding as it is right not now. Not as raw as it is now. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. But um I suppose just live shows. 
Mm-hmm. I, I know you're, as you said, you're producing a new album now. You spent a lot of time producing The Puppeteer. So where do you find yourselves with regards to live shows and festivals for the next few months? Um, Rodney, are you looking for shows? Are you actively seeking festivals? What's your plan? Right now we're facing at least a release show in May mm-hmm. in where we're playing in Mainz with the guys from uh, Cold Night for Alligators, which are friends of ours. And um, this is going to be a super important show for us because in the very end, this show is about getting back money that yeah. we invested. Yeah. So, and I think like, as we said, like Spotify earned us like $23 this is like two tickets sold for this show. <laughs> so in the very end, it's also about like making money to actually invest the in the next album. album. Yeah. 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 And um, we actually just uh, started working with um, a booking agency and that's where we are now at the state of being pitched to festivals and right. also seeing where we can get on tour because in the end, I think especially for a band in our genre, it's super important to be on tour, to play some festivals, especially those festivals like Arctangent, Europlast, Complexity, where, where bands from the progressive area and from the post-metal area yeah. are packed on uh, yeah. stages. Yeah. So we, we can easily get into this niche and make people actually know about exactly, us. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Arctangent would be... A nice one to see, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Because yeah. I'm going there this year. That's why. <laughs> that's why I I'm say. jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous. Like the the lineup is just incredible. It's absolutely like, insane, isn't it? It really yeah. is. Yeah, I I can't get over the bands that have been mentioned. You know, I I just I would have been a Dunk Festival fan for years, and I went to Arc Tangent once, and I just saw the listing of the bands. I said, I I have to go. <laughs> now I've yet to tell the wife I could be going to Dunk as well, but. That's, that's, that's for <laughs> another day. So look, um, festivals, so you're hoping to get on onto some festivals. And what about your own live gigs? Have you any shows planned locally or anywhere within sort right. of Frankfurt, Cologne? Right now, like um, I, I think it will still take some time until April, yeah. until like shows are like happening again. And apart from this, like there's a lot of stuff that has been rescheduled for 2023 already, mm. which is a little bit sad because I I really wanted to go and see Cult of Luna yeah. and Alces on this one tour. And I think there was Gojira planned playing in uh, Wiesbaden as well and some, some other stuff that I really wanted to catch. But in the end, right now, I'm still hoping that summer priests will be happening mm-hmm. because like uh, it, it's not so far from here and they have a very good and solid mixed lineup, which is fun. Cool. And um, we, we, we just see where it takes us. I would say like, we're not stressing ourselves with either playing shows and going to see shows again, because it doesn't make any difference right now. But my hope is that like, at least from September on anything can be, kind of normal again so yeah. we are able to get to play some shows in the region but also like maybe internationally we never know mm-hmm. um but in the end like we don't want to stress us with it so yeah. and i mean right now you're in a good place rodney aren't you as a band like you're in a good place i mean you have a, an amazing record out currently which is still selling 
and people are still buying merchandise. You've, you're recording a new album, which you're hyped about. So things are looking good. Aren't they? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I couldn't complain because I think like everything's, of course, there could have been like 300 people more that bought something. Yeah. But like we're, we're on the way. We're still a very small band in the very end. And we actually managed to get a lot of it. Like we, we get, we got a lot of out of our record already. And we're just aiming to, to do another round of promotion when the vinyl record hopefully comes in March, which is like the plan still. I think it was set for like mid March. So they yeah, like so depressing. many delays with vinyl at the moment is crazy, isn't it? It's really, really ridiculous yeah. because I think we ordered it in May. So it's like 10 months and we can't do anything about it. We don't get any discount for it or anything. We only have, as you can see in the background. I, I did, like I did we, see it on your Instagram yes. page. I saw you had a copy. I was like, yeah, but, oh, but, the fuck but was that there? In the end, it's just because we already got the sleeves because they ah. are not from, from the place that, is doing the vinyls so we just ordered them at a different point so we got the sleeves and they are basically all under my desk because i'm living in a very small flat and we all live in very small flats we don't have any storage place (laughs) so everything is full with stuff for the band and to be honest so sell all all these vinyls rodney and you can upgrade (laughs) your uh, your apartment yeah hopefully hopefully have you got a copy of it there next year can you pull up Asleep. Um, I can go and get one. Do please. There's even a test pressing in it. Is so it? we we have test pressings already because we ordered vinyl, of course. But yes. Um, and how do they sound? They sound good. We we actually were happy with the first test pressing, and I was a little bit afraid that we will get even more delays if we are not happy with it. Mm. But everything turned out well, so good. it was very. It was a very strange moment to listen to your own music on vinyl for the very first time. It must time be fantastic. Yeah, it must be a great experience. It, it was so weird because in like in the beginning, I thought like, oh my God, this feels so fast. <laughs> and I was wondering if it's the right tempo. And I was checking if I'm having it on 45. But then I was just like, okay, no, it's all right. I just tracked it and I thought like, okay, it, it, it's fine. But I was so surprised because I actually didn't knew it feels faster yeah. in this situation. Brilliant. But in the very end, like I'm very stoked and I'm so stoked to see the colors we decided on, like the purple and the orange. So because the test pressing is black, it, it's super. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's just there for the sound. So, but I mean, you, we go back to the aesthetics of it and the artwork and everything. I mean, like it, it's the complete package, like isn't it? I mean, as you showed it there, like the, the sleeve, like I mean, and your pink t-shirts, of course. That's your that's your man yeah. pushing at the moment. I mean, you know, you're <laughs> not afraid to think outside the box. You're not afraid to try something different than something new. I think it shows in your music and it shows in in everything else you do, like. I have a couple of questions, Rodney, that I sort of try and wrap up the uh, conversation with. And I think I gave you a heads up on these anyway. I don't know whether you read them or not. So the first, <laughs> one, the first yeah. one is if you could go into studio and record any song from any time and any genre, what would it be? 
it it's really hard to answer this question because I think the songs that I would love to record yeah. would take so much time to actually learn them and make them like reach the next level, which would be my okay, so you're a perfectionist, least... that's the problem here. No, yes. Yeah. yes, 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 yes. That that's definitely the problem. But like apart from this, I think I would love to do probably a song by Korn because they are basically the first metal band I started listening to. And like, I'm not sure, probably here to stay. I would okay. love to make like a progressive metal song nice. version of here to stay from Korn because like this song was so important for myself back in mm. the days. And like, I don't really listen to them anymore, but, they had, they had a time. they had a moment, didn't they? And they had a time where they were Definitely. where they were relevant and they made an impact. Like I mean, whatever you say about them, twenty years on, and people will sort of throw their nose up a corner times. Like, but that was a time, and that was in, and it had an impact. Like it had an impact in, in on today's sound, even. Absolutely, yeah. and that's basically if if I'm going to do something like this, and also it's a song that's easy to learn for myself. <laughs> Um, so that's basically what I would do. I would not take something out of my like normal day business. Exactly. Yeah. So, because I would like to do something that really shows where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Good answer. Second question. If you could walk on stage and play with any band from past or present, play maybe four or five tracks, be, who would it be? I would say when we're speaking of like uh, something that fits, definitely one of the goals is to at least play one show with Between the Buried and Me. Yeah. Because like they are definitely like the most influential band when it comes to writing music for mm -hmm. myself. But apart from this, I would probably say the Rolling Stones because I grew up listening to them. And like, I think... I think Mick Jagger is probably going to get 100 years old for no reason. I don't know how they managed to <laughs> no. stay young somehow. They don't look young, but this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, but they play like young people. Yeah, they still have it in them. Um, but as definitely. you said, they probably live on forever. But they look, they look 120 <laughs> years ago. You know, <laughs> absolutely. And it's, know, it's I so love these questions because it's mad how how different people answer this. You know, you, you speak to people in the metal genre, like and you think, you know, it's going to be pretty predictable stuff. But it hasn't been. Like we've had you know such a varied answer in this one it's a uh, i enjoy it i enjoy hearing more people think and the rolling stones nice one i like it good call rodney good call and tell me a band to look out for in 2022 or an album that I, you think we should be looking out for i would say from a perspective where i also see all bands as like a band that is small and Probably like it, it would sound selfish if, if, I, if I say we didn't get enough attention already, mm. but I think there's more to achieve. But something that really frustrates me to see is when very good bands put out great records and don't get yeah. the praise they deserve. And so I would say the band to look out forward this year is definitely Mountaineer oh, because exactly. they already released two brilliant records. Incredible and albums still not that known yeah so and that's something i really i'm so frustrated about it like i'm delighted I, you mentioned mountaineer they're fantastic yeah 
I mean, Bloodletting was one of the best albums of 2020. And their new album, which I actually reviewed as well, was my first review for... um, for the Smashing Skull sessions, actually. <laughs> so I got a, I got an insight to that one, which is, it's. have you heard that album yet? Not yet, ah, to see. be honest. You need to be in the know. So, but it is amazing. I'm, it's amazing, yeah. I can imagine. And I'm really, really looking forward to it because like, they they got me from the first second. Like, I think like the, the very first record was okay, not totally my type, but with yeah. passages, they just, got me yeah and as you said bloodletting was incredible as well and i think this band really deserves to be Mm. way bigger than they are right now because when you look at social media of theirs like they have barely any followers at least from my point of view i I agree i looked at it as well i looked at the stats i said what's wrong with people why aren't they fucking tuning in here like you know I, I, I can get it because like there are so many stupid metalcore bands that don't do anything special yeah. that are so much more like uh, efficient when it comes to numbers. Uh-huh. But then there's a band like Mountaineer and I'm just like, oh my God, I want to actually take this album and give it to all of my <laughs> yeah. friends that listen to post metal because I know they will love it. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great call again, Roddy. Another Three great answers, I have to say, and I'm thrilled that you mentioned Mountaineer because I hope to maybe get them on the show as well in a few weeks' time. Um, I that spoke to the nice. guys, yeah, so I think they're on for it too. So fingers crossed there. So Rodney, what can I say, man? Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, it's been a joy to chat to you. As I said, I loved the album, The Puppeteer. It's been a, a pretty constant in my car, it, to start with, and <laughs> everywhere I walk as well. Like I said, there's a feel-good factor to it. It's high intensity, it's atmospheric, it's got it's got all the elements, you know. I hope it works out for you guys, I really do. And I hope to see you on the road at some stage if you get gigging. I'll definitely make a trip across the water <laughs> to see. That, that's awesome to hear. We're really grateful for this and also very grateful for being um, in the position of doing this podcast mm-hmm. with you right now. It was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed yeah, talking I totally about enjoyed it all as well. of the I topics. totally enjoyed it. So, uh, guys, everybody, that's the man himself. Uh, check out Monosphere's album, The Puppet Here. I, I really can't say enough about it. Go to Bandcamp, give it a spin, and I guarantee you, lads, you'd be buying the vinyl T-shirts, pink, black, whatever colour you like. So from that, huge thanks, Rodney. And uh, I thanks hope to catch up again me. soon, man. All right? Absolutely. Take care. Cool. All the best Thank to you. Thank you. Cheers. Bye.